Up until this point in the Masechta, the Mishnah talked about Tumas Oichlim, the impurity laws as they apply to food and liquids, many of whose laws are Midir Abonon, Rabbinic stringencies. The remaining part of this parak, this chapter, as well as the upcoming parakim, talk about doubts in cases of Tumar, and what are the rules for resolving these doubts. And interestingly, the way to resolve these doubts is different to the regular laws and guidelines for ruling what the law is in cases of doubts in the rest of the Torah. In general, there is a rule, Sophic Midrabonon Lekula, that if a doubt arises with regards to something which is only Midrabonon, then we rule leniently, whereas Sophic Deiraisalachumra, if there is a doubt with regards to a Torah law, then we rule stringently. Unless there is a Chazaka, the concept of Chazaka states that we always presume that the status of something remains as it has been until now, unless proven otherwise until we know that the matter has changed. So, for example, if a woman is married, she has a particular status, and somebody gives her a get in order to divorce her, but for whatever reason a doubt arises as, as to whether the divorce was valid or not. The concept of chazaka will state that we presume that her status remains as it has been until now, and as such she remains a married woman until we know for sure that she has been divorced. On the other hand, with regards to doubts of purity and impurity, as a general rule, it's not entirely agreed upon, but we're going to understand that if the doubt occurs in a public area, and that means that there's at least three people present, or at least in general, it's an area where people frequent. In a public area, if that's where the doubt takes place, and arises, then we do go according to the rule of Chazaka, and since until now the item has been assumed to be pure, there's a doubt as to whether it became Tomei, so the concept of Chazaka is going to tell us that we presume that the item is indeed still Tahar, still pure. Some understand that even in a case where the rule of Chazaka cannot be applied, if it is a doubt, then we still rule it to be pure. But we're going to understand more simply that in such a public area, the regular rules of Chazaka do apply. However, in a private area where there are less than three people present, then we do not apply the rule of Chazaka, and actually the doubt is going to be ruled stringently, and we're going to assume that the item is indeed Tomei. The source for this stringency is from when the Torah talks about a Saita, who is a woman who has been accused by her husband of committing adultery and having relations with another man. The law is that if witnesses testify that she was alone with that other man, and we have a doubt as to whether she had relations with him, even though we don't know, the law is that she is forbidden to remain married to her husband out of a doubt, since there's a possibility that she indeed did commit adultery, until she goes through the procedure that the Torah describes for a Sota woman, out of doubt she is forbidden to remain married to her husband. And over there, the scenario is where she is by herself with the other man, so there's only two people there. And we learn from there that in a case, in a private area where there are only two people present, a doubt with regards to the purity status of a particular item or person is ruled stringently. 
even if it goes against the concept of Chazaka. If you think about it, the woman until now has been permitted to be married to her husband, and we don't know if that changed. So the concept of Chazaka really should tell us that we should presume that she is still permitted to her husband. Nevertheless, the Torah dec- decrees that in such a case we rule stringently. So that is the main difference in regards to the laws of Tumor and doubts that arise. This Mishnah teaches an additional way of ruling in cases of doubt and introduces another rule, that is, All doubts of impurities are judged according to the time that they are found. That is to say, if we find the item as right now being Tomei, then we assume that Tomei, they were previously Tomei as well. Whereas in Tahirais, if we find the items as being Tahar, Tahirais, we presume that even earlier on the items were Tahar, they were pure. And the explanation of this line in the Mishnah is a concept called Chazaka Dahashta. This is a type of Chazaka that is really the opposite of the Chazaka that we described beforehand. The rule of Chazaka that we described earlier on is called Chazaka de Meikara, and that means that if we know that there was a previous status that the person or item that is concerned had, we presume that that status continues. This Mishnah is talking about an opposite concept called Chazaka de Hashtar, which means it's the Chazaka based on what we see in front of us right now, and we assume that that which we see in front of us right now, that situation existed earlier on as well. And the Mishnah soon is going to give an example of somebody who touched a body in the middle of the night, and it wasn't clear whether the person was still alive, just sleeping, whether he was dead. And in the morning, when they check, they see that the person is now dead. And the question arises whether the person was dead at the time that the person touched him last night or not. The concept of Chazaka de Hashtar states that since right now in front of our eyes we see that the person is dead, so we presume that that is the same state that the body was in at the point in time that our doubt concerns, which is when the person touched the body. Now you can ask, surely there is an opposite Chazaka in this very case? The concept of Chazaka de Meikhara should really state that since we know that the person was originally alive, and we're not sure whether at that point in time that the person touched him, he was still alive or he was already dead. So the concept of Chazaka de Meikara should really state that we should assume that the person was still alive at that time. However, according to this opinion at least, the Chazaka de Hashta is stronger than Chazaka de Meikara. In this case, where we see something in front of our eyes, the presumption that we have according to the rules of Chazaka is more primarily based on that which we see in front of us as opposed to the original status that the person had. All right, the mission continues with additional examples. In Mechusais, if in front of us right now we see that the item is covered, we're talking about an earthenware item, an earthenware utainer that is covered and totally sealed shut, such that if it is in a room that has a dead body in that same room under the same roof, even though in general anything that's under the same roof as a dead body becomes Tomei, the rule is that something that's inside of a totally sealed shut earthenware utensil that is underneath the same roof as a dead body is protected from the impurity. And the Mishnah is talking about a case where there was a dead body in a particular room and an earthenware utensil there, 
We're unsure whether the earthenware utensil was sealed shut, but later on, after the dead body was removed from that room, we look at the utensil and we see that it is sealed shut. But for whatever reason, there's a doubt as to whether this was the case earlier on when the dead body was there. Since right now in front of us, we can see that the utensil, the container, is totally sealed shut, we assume that that was the case earlier on when the dead body was there as well. On the other hand, in Magulais, Magulais. If right now the utensil is uncovered, we assume that that was the case earlier on as well. And the Mishnah gives one more example. A metal needle that is found to be full of rust, or it's broken, and therefore it does not have the status of a kli, it's not able to become tome at all. We assume that originally when the source of impurity touched it, or if it was underneath the same roof as a dead body, Whatever it may be, we assume that back then it also wasn't a kli, and that tahira it remained pure always. And the reason for the law in all of these cases is all impurity doubts are ruled according to what they appear like when they are found. As we mentioned, although in general there is a concept of chazaka that says that we can presume that the status of something either continued or was like it is in front of us right now, nevertheless, in a private area, doubts of tumor are ruled stringently. And this is learnt from the Torah when it talks about a soita, a woman who is accused of committing adultery and having relations with another man. And the exact parameters for when this stringency applies is specifically in cases that are similar to that case of a Sota woman. And one factor that is that needs to be similar to that case is that it needs to be that the person, the item, or the, the person regarding whom there is a doubt as to whether they became Tome or not, is somebody who we are able to ask them whether they became Tome. We're able to ask them about the facts of what occurred, just like the woman we're able to ask her. And because of that, the Mishnah begins, a deaf and dumb person, or a total fool, or a young child, who are all considered to not have a proper level of understanding. They are found in a movoy, in a alleyway, some sort of side street that has a impure area over there it has a source of impurity that they could have become Tomei from. And there is a doubt as to whether they became Tomei or not. These are people who, if we if we were to ask them if, whether they touched the source of impurity or they passed by that area, we, we can't rely on them. And because of that, it is not considered to be similar to the case of a Saita woman. And therefore, it's not included in that decree of the Torah that we're going to be strict in that case. So we revert to the regular rules of Chazaka, and we therefore say that since until now the person was certainly pure, so there is a Chazaka de Meikora, a status that they originally had of being pure, we assume that that status continues and they remain pure. In this case, there's no Chazaka de Hashta, there's nothing that we see in front of us right now that we can say that we presume that that was the status originally. Right now, we've got a doubt in front of us even of what the status is right now. So the only type of chazaka that's relevant to talk about is chazaka de meikara, and indeed we presume that the person remains pure. That's what the Mishnah says, Harry Lebecheskas Tara, they have a chazaka, a presumed continued status of being pure. 
On the other hand, any person who is smart enough that we are able to ask them whether they touched or they came into contact with this source of impurity, even if they don't know in this case, so we're not actually asking them over here, but the point is they are similar to the case that the Torah talked about of a Saitar, and therefore the decree of the Torah that we're going to rule stringently in these cases of doubts in a private area, in this side street, but Cheskas Tumor, they would be presumed to be impure. And the Mishnah ends off with the rule, anybody or any item that doesn't have knowledge or understanding to be asked about the doubt, he doesn't know, he can't be relied upon, and the same really applies to objects. Objects obviously can't be asked, and therefore they're not included in this decree of the Torah. So Sefeiko Tohar, the doubts regarding those items or people would be ruled as being pure, even in a private area. Mishnah Zayin, this Mishnah elaborates on the ruling of the previous Mishnah. Tinoik, a very young child who is until now known to be pure, and we find this young child on the side of a graveyard next to it, holding on to roses in his hand. And the only roses that are growing anywhere near here are in the impure place in the graveyard. Says the Mishnah, Tahar, we assume that the very young child is r- r- remains pure and did not become Tome, we don't say that we can assume that the child entered into the graveyard, because there is still other possibilities for how the child got hold of these roses. Shani Oimer, because I could say, Acher Likton, somebody else gathered them and plucked them from the graveyard, and gave the roses over to the child. At the end of the day, this is a case of a doubt, and therefore we rule leniently. The young child, of course, is not somebody who can be relied upon and can't be asked. The chen chamor ben likewise a donkey who is walking amongst graves. Kelov tohirin, the objects that are being carried by the donkey are presumed to remain pure. If we're not sure whether the objects touched or were directly over a grave and became Tommy from the grave... Since once again we're talking about objects, so we can't ask them, they're not included in, they're not similar to a saita, and therefore the regular rule of chazokodeme kara will apply, and we presume that the purity, that status of being pure, continued, and therefore we do not say that they became tome until we know that they became tome. A very young child or a baby who is found next to a large piece of dough, and in the young child's hand is a small piece of the dough. Now this young child is Tome, and the question is whether we can assume that the young child is the one who took that dough from the large piece of dough, in which case he touched it and made it Tome, or perhaps somebody else who was pure took it off the large piece of dough and gave it to him. Rimeir Metaher, Rimeir says that the large piece of dough is presumed to be pure because of the rule of Chazaka. We presume that the status of the dough continues to be as it has been until now. We cannot assume that the status changed and, and, and that it became Tome unless we know that it became Tome. And even though it's very likely and the chances are that it was this baby who took the dough from it, since there is a small possibility otherwise, 
Rabbi Meir understands that we take that small possibility into account. And therefore, this is considered to be a case of a doubt. But the Chachamim say that the large piece of dough is considered to be impure because we don't look at this as a case of a doubt. Because there's such a small chance that it wasn't the child who took it from there. Because it is the general nature of a young child to hit and fiddle with the items that are next to him. Alright, next example. A piece of dough that has signs of chickens having pecked at that dough. And meanwhile, there is Tommy liquid inside the same room. The concern is that the chicken drank from that Tommy liquid and immediately went over to the dough and pecked at it, thereby transferring the impurity, transferring the part of the Tommy liquid onto that dough and making it Tommy. Says the Mishnah, If there is enough space, there's not enough area in between the Tommy liquid and the dough, the loaves, enough that it's possible that the chickens would dry their mouths on the ground. So then, although it's true that it is the nature of chickens to first go after the water, the liquid that is tome, and then to go for the solid food, since even if they did drink from the tome liquid, it's possible that that didn't end up going onto the dough later on, so the dough can be considered pure, can be presumed pure, in this case of doubt, and in the case of a cow or a dog, in the same case, they don't dry their mouths on the ground. However, if there is enough of a gap of an area in between the liquid and the dough, that they would have enough time to lick their lips with their tongues, and therefore the tummy liquid wouldn't touch the loaves, and with regards to any other animal that neither rubs its mouth or beak on the ground, nor licks its lips, there's got to be enough of a distance in between the liquid and the loaves for the liquid to dry off of their lips by itself. Rebbe Yaakov says that with regards to the case of the dog, we can presume the loaves to be pure, because the dog is a smart animal, because it's not the practice of the dog to leave the liquid, to leave the food, and go for the water. The dog understands that it's much easier to obtain water and liquids than to obtain food, so if he sees food available, we can assume that the dog would go for the food before the tommy liquid, and therefore we can safely assume that the loaves are still pure and didn't have any contact with the liquid.